Hi, everyone. Pastor Galen, lead pastor at Shine Hills Church. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We hope that these podcasts will be a real encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. You can also connect with Shine Hills at shinehills.org. Hope you enjoy the program. We are across the street and around the world. Shine Hills. I don't know about you, Kim, but I have this feeling in my heart that I j- we just got to be super nice to Julie today. I, did you have that feeling? <laughs> I just, you know, we've we've given her a really bad time. Yes, we have. Last, and and I, I see her finger getting close to that eject button, <laughs> and we don't want that to happen. No, we can only push so far. Okay. And then so just just so you know and so You know, Galen, we're coming up on a year of podcasts. I've had so much heckling. This is minor. <laughs> you you are hardened. Your heart has become hardened. <laughs> no, it just I'm just used to it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. She yeah, we to. should do a highlight reel of all of the heckling in the past. Oh, year. there you go. That's fun. <laughs> She's developed a thick skin. She has. That's okay. good. Well, she, we're helping her become a stronger Christian. That's what we should be doing. There we go. She <laughs> works on her forgiveness every day. <laughs> Here we are back in the studio at Ken Will and Julie Fogg and myself, Galen Huck. And so here we go. We are plowing through Genesis. Genesis chapter four is where we're at. And, you know, last time we ended up with something that I think, Ken, you had a really cool insight. It says um, in verse seven, it says, if you do well, you will not be, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must master it. In other words, this, and you said this idea with it, that sin is personified as an animal ready to pounce. I think it's a, it stuck with me. That's a, that's a really good picture, and it's certainly true. And so this is what God said to Cain. Now, so Cain did, this is, this is the next sentence. Verse 8 says this, Ken, uh, Cain, not Ken, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. So I don't know, what do you think he said? He spoke to his brother. Did you think he's... He said, "I uh, got got reprimanded by God, and uh, I don't know what. What are you thinking here?" I take it as, yeah, he he re, um, discusses the conversation that he had with God. Yeah, and so he what? so he obeyed God there. He he spoke to his brother, but apparently, as we're going to find out in a second here, it it didn't solve his issue, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, it didn't go well. And so, and in verse nine says, "So I'm going to go back to eight. Cain spoke to his brother Abel." Don't know what they said, but he spoke to him. The next sentence says, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. So obviously something didn't go right in that conversation, or maybe he was more agitated. I don't, I really don't know how to, what to make of this piece. Any insight from this end of the table? Well, you know, when I read that, I think about just when, how siblings have conversations and I'm sure it was, you know, Cain went to Abel and like you said, the Lord reprimanded me, and I guess my offering wasn't good enough. And and Abel's like, "Well, he loved mine." And oh, you know, you just think about just how kids and that sibling rivalry, and sure. it just—I'm sure it just—it you know that and God knew obviously, uh, and it just in, invoked this rage in him, and he could be. That's really insightful. That's from uh, you, so you apparently have experienced this before <laughs> or seen it happen before. And you know, that- you know, it's funny. I'm an only child, and so. I, you know, I, I had this romantic idea of how siblings would get along, and then, and then I had siblings of my own, and I was like, oh, why, why do they not like each other? I don't yeah. understand. As they get older, it's a little bit different. They're, but they're learning but they to like do, each other. They do provoke one another. They do provoke one another, yeah. and and they're they're constantly, I think, 
maybe it's unconsciously, I don't know, subconsciously trying to get approval of the parents. Yeah, you know? no, that's and, true. And I'm sure that that was the, the situation here, that he was trying to have approval from God. That is very insightful. And basically what you're saying is what <coughs> is true in Scripture, that nothing has changed in 6,000 years. That's right. Nothing is new under the sun. There is nothing new under the sun. That's really true. That's a really good insight, Julie. So, so anyway, let me continue on. So Cain spoke to his brother Abel. I'm not sure what they said, but it obviously didn't go well. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Verse 9. <clears throat> then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? But this is a lot of sarcasm right here, isn't it? I mean, I, I would just say caution. You know, being sarcastic with God is probably not the greatest idea. So anyway... Um, verse 10, and the Lord said, what have you done? And the, the voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the, gr- from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it, will, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground and from your face. I shall be hidden. And from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest anyone who found him should attack him. Then Cain went away from his pres- the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. All right. Man, fascinating. So this is the, the passage that gives us the idea that, okay, there's this land of Nod, east of Eden. It sounds like there was, there sounded like there was people there. So that's where we get the idea that, you know, obviously Adam and Eve must have had other siblings and there was communities, villages springing up and people were continuing to uh, reproduce and multiply maybe you know, having large families, possibly. Who knows exactly uh, how, how that happened. But um, anyway, insights from that you might have from this hunk of Scripture. Ready, said, go. Well, um, uh, it's interesting how Cain, uh, from the very outset, he does the same thing as his parents. I mean, don't take responsibility, you know. Oh, wow. and, and we, boy, that's a human response. True. To all of us. I mean, we, you know, you, the teacher catches a kid at school and like, oh, I didn't do it. And, and adults, you know, I didn't do it. I'm not responsible. This is, a, this is really insightful because I, I've often, I've never thought that thought, but I've often wondered, you know, why did God come to him? He did the same thing with Adam and Eve. Did you eat from the tree? Why are you hiding? Who told you? Did you eat from the tree? God knew all this stuff, but he wanted to hear from Adam. In the same way... Where is your brother? You know, who, what happened here? I think, now this, I'm just, I'm going on all theory right now, so you can tell me what you think of this theory. I think God was giving them a chance to, to come clean. Yeah. You know, what, what if Adam had said, um, Lord, I sinned and it's my fault and I am so sorry. I wonder if there would have been any difference in the punishment handed out to the serpent and to the woman if he'd have just been a stand-up guy. I don't know for sure. Oh, that's interesting. I never thought about that. Well, I just thought of it this moment. That's why I'm scared <laughs> to even say it, because when I have these thoughts sometimes, I think, okay, I need to, to filter this. So you're the filter today, Ken okay. and Julie. <clears throat> Two filters. 
But then, so, because God fully knew that he killed his brother. But he asked him. And I think he was giving him an opportunity. So, from the parenting world that you're living in right now with young people, do you do do this and give them, what if your kids would, it's like, okay, who spilled this milk? And maybe you know exactly who spilled this milk or whatever the issue was. If they come up and say, you know what? I, mom, I did this, and I am so sorry. I'm an idiot. Yeah, you know, how would that affect you? It, it's it's a much different thing if you're honest, and makes me think about a story when I was a little girl, and then I, I don't remember doing it, but apparently I got into my dad's shaving cream, okay. and my dad's very neat, and so he had it all cleaned. And of course, it was a mess, and there was shaving cream all over the can. And he came to me and he said, "Did you get into my shaving cream?" And I was like, "No, no of course not." Yes. And, Oh, I got spanked <laughs> because, <laughs> I right. because I lied. Sure. And so that really left an impression upon me that it's better to be honest sure. and face that consequence because then, you know, a lot of times that's lessened. And so that's something that I've tried to instill on the kids as well is that, you know, your, your honesty, you know, we're going to talk about a consequence, but, but when you add a lie on top of that, then that even multiplies your consequence. You know, it amazes me. And it, it shouldn't amaze me because just like in this illustration with your dad, he knew he's got the evidence in his hand. <laughs> yeah, he didn't he, leave it He that didn't way. do this and is and your mother didn't do this. He knows you're the only And I'm an only child. You're an only, so. only child. So it, it's like it's either you or the dog or the cat, right? Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> and so uh, he knows the truth and he's just wanting to see if you're willing. I think it's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. I think God is knows the truth. He knows the truth about us. And, and yet are we honest with him? I mean... It's like I, I say all the time. It's like, you know, God already knows. You might as well be transparent with him and say, Lord, I I, I messed this one up. I, my attitude stunk here, and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to go back and make it right with this person or whatever it is. Um, but I, I, and, and I think it's amazing that Cain stood, you know, God was right there in their presence, whether it's his Shekinah glory or what, what he took on a, a, a form of an angel. I don't know. I, I know. Not sure it might say there. I don't know, but they knew that God's presence was there, and uh, and they just flat out. I don't know what you're talking about. Both Adam and Cain. So uh, anyway, you know that thing, hasn't changed in six thousand years either. No, the thing that's beautiful to me though is the fact that God chose Cain mercy, and he, he yeah. didn't have to. I mean, he could have snuffed him out, and that would have been the end of Cain. True. And you know, and to your point, you know, Seth is who we mark our. The genealogy. the genealogy from, right. um, but yet uh, it just, you know, and, and maybe it was because Cain came with, uh, I don't know if that's a contrite heart of just not even wanting to take that punishment. I, you know, I don't know. God knows that, but the fact that, you know, he puts a mark on him so that, uh, no one will attack him. Yeah. It just, I don't know. It just, his mercy is so great. And I, that's what I was thinking the whole time, you know, Ken brought that up a couple of sessions ago that, you know, when God kicks them out of uh, the garden of Eden and puts an angel that wasn't that wasn't punishment. That was his mercy, mm. because he said, "I don't want you to come back and eat of this tree and stay in this situation forever," and that and he he shows mercy to Cain also. But to your point, he also didn't select him. And I wonder, we'll never know. Maybe ask this question someday. If if Cain would have been a stand up guy, and said, I, "Lord, I you warned me, and sin was crouching in the door, and I, I he said some things, and I just." I just couldn't control myself. I was trying, and I, I, I and I killed. I fully, full on did this, and I am, I am saddened to my core. Would would that have been the kind of stuff that our genealogy would have come through Cain then instead of Seth? Because Seth was born later. Mm-hmm. 
you, you, were, you were reading that from uh, chapter 5. And, but God was looking for somebody with the right stuff that he comes along. And I wonder if he does that with us today, looking for someone who's willing to be a stand-up guy, stand-up gal, and with the right stuff to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to entrust you with this responsibility because you, you've been trustworthy here, even if you screwed it up. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of pastors that are great pastors that, you know, uh, spent his time in, in prison, but yeah, and uh, but they repented and they got their lives right, and now God used them mightily mm-hmm. in in his in his church. And so, I don't know. There's some fun thoughts that fell out of uh, this little hunk of scripture. Hey, thanks for joining us and thanks for being with us. Hope you have a fabulous day.